Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I'm Charles Kalazi. Today is Friday, February the 23rd, 2024. It is the Friday of the first week of Lent. It's also the feast of St. Polycarp. And our reading is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, You shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. So there's a couple different themes that come to us in this reading that we have here today. Our righteousness must surpass that of the scribes and the Pharisees, or we will not enter heaven. So first of all, he's saying the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, are not going to heaven. Isn't that something? The little children at Fatima were especially surprised when they saw hell that priests and bishops were falling into hell. So our righteousness has to be greater. One thing in particular about the scribes and the Pharisees is that they were all about the letter of the law but they were not about the spirit of the law. Now, I know we have to avoid the dangerous road, the dangerous path of saying, well, because I follow the spirit of the law, I don't have to follow the law. No, that's not what our Lord is teaching. The law is important. Remember, Jesus has come to fulfill the law. But the scribes and the Pharisees didn't have the spirit of the law. They were all about the letter. Do this and do that. And Jesus explains this in other places. But they were not men of charity and kindness. I feel that some people that are very into their faith today are not about charity and kindness. Remember, love God and love neighbor. These, This is the golden rule. But some people are just so caught up in the externals. I, I love the externals too. But the main thing is that a transformation is occurring. I love the line, and I forget the exact words, but in the movie Fireproof, when the character played by Kirk Cameron is finally coming to the Lord, he's finally converting in his heart, and it's all because of his father. And the father says, you know, God has higher standards than the human race. You might feel that you're a good enough firefighter. You're a good enough husband. You're a good enough man. But the Lord says it's not enough just not to kill. You can't hate. 
You can't harbor judgment. You can't seek revenge. All the attitudes that go with killing need to be purged from our hearts. Following the law is not enough. Our hearts have to be perfected. Yet at the same time, while that sounds impossible, guess what? It is impossible, which is why Jesus died for us, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sent us the Holy Spirit. Because all things are possible with God. God will give us the power and the ability to accomplish the impossible. That is to be perfected. God's grace can do wonders in us and through us, whereas we cannot. So Jesus, he gives us really a task that's impossible, yet he gives us a grace to carry it out. In the past, it was just the law, and it was much more of an earthly thing. And that's where these scribes and their Pharisees are. They're not going to heaven because they're all caught up in the earthly kingdom. You have to wear your outfit this way. You have to fold your hands this way. You have to say the prayers this way. Versus the meaning of the law. What is it pointing us to? The righteousness that God calls us to possess when we are finally admitted into heaven. And it's got to be about perfection. I've talked about this a lot recently. We are called to perfection and God can do it himself. <clears throat> Yet it's good to understand <clears throat> what our Lord is saying here. We have to be reconciled in our hearts, but also with our brothers and sisters. So if we're harboring a grudge, we cannot be forgiven. If we're hoping for revenge, we cannot be forgiven. There needs to be a transformation. And I want to mention one other thing from the reading before going a little deeper into the meaning of it all. And that is, this is one of the reasons, one of the readings that the church uses in talking about its doctrine on purgatory. If we have not totally made peace with our brothers and sisters, yet we are in the state of grace, so therefore we're not going to hell. Hopefully we're not going to hell. You know, we have not died in unrepentant mortal sin. Yet at the same time, we are not totally at peace, not totally forgiving, not totally having made up for our own offenses. Jesus says you will be thrown into jail and not released until you have paid the last penny. Jesus is the judge. The jail is purgatory. So regardless of how we do our purgatory here on earth or afterward in purgatory, still it all needs to be purged. I was thinking a lot, I was thinking of certain saints. First of all, our saint for the day is Polycarp. Talk about somebody transformed so that he is just the miraculous. There's there's something happening with Polycarp at the end of his life that he could never affect on his own. He willingly gave up his life to God. And when they tried to burn him, when they tried to set him on fire, they smelled bread baking. And he didn't burn. So then they had to kill him in a different way. God performed a miracle for him at the moment of his death. He was a man transformed. And by the way, martyrdom transforms us. Martyrdom does it all in one shot. I'm not saying we should all pray for the grace of martyrdom, but at the same time, you know, we should consider very blessed those that are called to martyrdom because they go straight to heaven. There is a total transformation. Right. 
But as each one of us does not know how we're going to die, as long as we're still here on Earth, we have to endure the daily martyrdom, and that is dying to self each day, becoming more selfless each day, letting God transform us each day. Another saint I was thinking of is St. Francis de Sales. He used to talk about very much in his writings, his different sermons that he's given, uh, he talked about similar concepts to what we see in this gospel reading, that it's not about performing great tasks. I mean, this goes hand in hand with Mother Teresa and St. Therese. It's not about being some person that's famous for their virtue. It's not about being somebody who accomplishes great things for the church. But he said it's about practicing the little virtues. Now, what's funny about the little virtues is that St. Paul refers to these as the fruits of the Spirit. In other words, St. Paul identifies these fruits of the Spirit as something that God will give you, whereas a virtue is something we have to work at. So I think you can reconcile the two in terms of St. Francis de Sales saying, how do we know somebody is holy? Why? Because they build a church? Because they raise money? Because they fold their hands a certain way? Because they attend a certain whatever, mass or church or whatever, are they more holy because they pray in this language or that language? I mean, it's true. There is a superiority to Latin. But St. Francis de Sales said, the way you know someone is holy is that they're able to control their temper. Isn't that something? The way you know someone is holy is that they're gentle in dealing with others. They have patience. The way you know someone is holy is that even when they're going through horrible things, they still have their peace and their joy. The way you know someone is holy is that they don't think so much of themselves, so they don't get so offended when you, you know, call them to task on something. Maybe indicate that they maybe have some faults. Holiness is best observed through those that practice the little virtues, gentleness, kindness, sweetness peace and love and joy, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. St. Francis de Sales used to talk about how he was transformed, and you can read it in his biography. Various biographies are written about him, that when he was younger, he was more prone to passionate outbursts, anger. He was a swordsman. He would have cut you down. I'm not saying that he killed people, but later in life, when people were rude to him, and, and he was a man of high society. His family was well-to-do, and he had become a bishop very young, and he had accomplished great things, and his father was a very important man, and yet people would come up and say rude things to him, and other people then would say, why did you let that person talk that way to you? He would say, it took me this long to get to the place of peacefulness, kindness, gentleness, etc. I didn't want to ruin it all in one shot. I've worked very hard to get where I am, and that is to not respond in pridefulness, to not respond in anger or holding a grudge. So God can transform us. Another one I was thinking of was St. Philip Neri. St. Philip Neri responded to everyone with humor, with love, with joy. He served many, many people. He did a great amount of good. And he's one of the patron saints of humor. He was oh, he came up with very creative penances when he heard your confession. 
He was very good with other people. He was always creating, like he, he founded these oratories, and they were a place of great joy and comfort and peace and community. And so people would be transformed by spending time with the man. And he poured himself out at the service of others. And after his death, when they did the autopsy, they found that his heart was way too big to for him to even have been alive. His heart grew various numerous sizes. I think of the Grinch and how the Grinch is really, that's not the first time that ever happened. Somebody's heart grew uh, however many sizes. I know it's it, there's a rhyme in the Dr. Zeus's The Grinch. Um, but St. Philip Neri, that literally happened in real life. His heart grew multiple sizes. There was a transformation, and the Lord gave him, as a sign of his transformation, a bigger heart. This is the opposite of the scribes and the Pharisees. They're all caught up in the rules. St. Philip Neri was concerned with changing hearts, and therefore he led with his own heart. And he didn't take himself too seriously, and there was always a playfulness a gentleness, a kindness, a sweetness. So this is what this is the transformation the Lord is calling us to. In heaven, there will be a uh, a joy that exists among all of us, a lightheartedness, a peace, and we won't be taking ourselves too seriously. We won't be holding any grudges. It's not just merely that. Oh, I can go to heaven because I didn't kill anybody. That's great. I don't get me wrong. I want to affirm you. If you never killed anybody, that's great. But it's about never killing anybody in our thoughts, in our hearts, in our feelings. All of it has to be transformed, and the Lord will give us the grace to trans to be transformed if we continue to turn to Him, if we continue to place ourselves under the care of our Blessed Mother. She was transformed right at the beginning in her Immaculate Conception, and... um I mean, can we even call that a transformation? Because there's never a moment that she was with sin. She was always without sin. But the transformation was not necessary. Of course, Our Lady grew, just as our Lord in his own life. He grew in different ways. They grew, but there was always a perfection there. And we know, being devotees of Our Lady, when we consecrate ourselves to her, she will be constantly working at our transformation. She will be constantly praying to the Lord and guiding us in our lives that the transformation will occur and that we get out of the way and let it happen. So let's be transformed by Almighty God and day by day make our hearts and all of us more and more ready for the eternal bliss and perfection of heaven. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you. Mm-hmm.